Hello and welcome back to the latest episode of the Master of None podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Murphy, joined by the regular rugby crew now of Westy and Sam. We are joining you, we're recording this uh, on, a, on a Monday evening when the world is basically down, uh, lads. Uh, WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, basically Mark Zuckerberg's having a bad day, I think is what, what's, what's, what's happening. Uh, but we're here still recording. Me and Sam's internet was down for like two hours, uh, but we're back in time. So we're here to give you a rugby podcast uh, and a positive one. Connacht win this weekend, boys. What a result. But we'll get stuck, before we get stuck into that, Sam, how are you? Great, yeah. Went to go see live rugby on Friday evening, which was the best feeling since March 2020. So, because I wasn't lucky enough to be one of the 200 in the sports ground last year when they opened it up for a day or two. So that was that was the perfect start to a weekend. Uh, and then after that, you know, the weekend was enjoyable. It was nice. I went to work this morning, happy. So, Sam, I just want to just want to check something here. So, the, it, that was the best feeling since March 2020 at the sports ground. <laughs> yes, yeah. very good point. Nothing, nothing better. When was your daughter born? <laughs> the, the week she was born Liverpool won in Old Trafford and Connacht won in Thoman Park so I was like happy days <laughs> but no, you know first win over the Bulls so that's you know history in itself <laughs> uh, Westy how was your weekend bar obviously you know the game um, well it wasn't much else besides the game. which game I was at multiple games first off oh big shot big uh, shot yeah I've been in high demand all weekend I was dog sitting on Saturday which was delightful oh Let's be honest, the dog was looking after you. Let's be honest. Yeah, well, my brother's exact words when he dropped the dog off uh, with me were, is your missus here? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, thank God. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Uh, that's that's 30-year-old Westy there. Not even, <laughs> what kind of a dog was it, though? Oh, Have a poo? Is, Keep in mind, these it, are very, very South Dublin people. This is, it's a fantastic-looking dog now. And is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, then I get it. I kind of get it. No offense oh, to you. Oh, he's cute. He's, I mean, he was he was the toast of Salt Hill. Even during the Galway Bay Marathon, people were stopping to pick him up and cuddle him. <laughs> World records were not broken because What a shame to... you're not single anymore. <laughs> yeah. What a shame you're not single anymore, Wesley. That would have been amazing. For, yeah, not a shame the... at all. Best yeah. one in the world. <laughs> uh, yeah, me and the boys went to the game Friday night. Uh, we had a great evening. We met Aina, who's been a long-time listener in the flesh. Uh, the only negative tonight was nobody ruffled Wesley's hair, and I'm pissed off about it. I, I, I put out a demand for the fans, and no one did it. I'm um, gonna. Can I just f- follow that up with the second negative? Is that Papa Lee had a fresh cut, and I was I wanted to see Samurai Jack in the flesh before it was gone, but I was, and the worst part was he never even told us. You know what I mean? He didn't I even mean, give us a heads up. Insult. I feel like an idiot. I thought we were bun bros. That's what I was calling us. <laughs> he admittedly he hadn't signed off on it. But. Yeah, well, he did. He did not sign off on it. It was he did not. Know, he didn't yeah. say no. Yeah, exactly. So, but now, now, now he pretty much did because he, he got it cut off. off. These brothers. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> so fresh, fresh. <laughs> so fresh. No, if anyone gets that reference, fair play, dudes. Uh, yeah, it was great. Even went, uh, went to see. We got, we got, we got pretty lucky with the weather. At the same time, we also got soaked. Uh, but that was Galway for you. Uh, but yeah, we we had a good evening all, all around. Um. We shall start, I think, first, boys, by talking about maybe about Jake White's comments, uh, which was made before the game. Uh, Sam, do you want to kind of do you want to delve into this? Yeah, it was it was a strange thing to say uh, from accounts. Like I wasn't overly aware of him being a controversial figure before this, but from accounts since, since I was currently looking at uh, a couple of reports from South Africa, it's, 
it seems like he he's not shy of saying stupid things like that. But like I don't I don't see the point in traveling halfway across the world and then massively demeaning the team that's hosting you and giving them fuel for the fire in the changing rooms. Like that that to me is all that happened. So he came and he said uh, he said that Connacht was some sort of just like waste paper basket for Leinster players and Munster players to rekindle a career and try and get spotted by the bigger provinces compared us to some teams in South Africa, which I thought was also very unfair seen as half his squad, you know, were former Sharks players or former Stormers players. It, it happens in professional rugby players move, but, uh, you know, and there, there's a not an element of truth, but there is, a, there is a small portion of truth to what he said. There are plenty of ex uh, Ulster players next Munster players next uh, Leinster players playing for Connacht, but you know, Andy Friend has reiterated time and time again that it's the attitude in the players moving that he wants and players like Sammy Arnold are moving for more game time not because they were dismissed and left behind uh, and they they showed up and they put 34 on them and the Bulls have shipped 60 in their trip to Ireland so go fuck themselves uh, then he doubled down on the way out and he said uh, it was all the 34 points were to do with the slope on the pitch so I don't know like he's just I, I don't think he's long for the job if he's going to continue acting like that and not getting results you have to really like Eddie Jones backs that swagger up with a few results but you don't you don't start talking like that and ship 60 in two games and your first two games in a league like yeah people where will people learn not to chat shit until after you've done something well don't do it before the game started you're only setting yourself up to fail uh, I will have to say though on a positive note I'm glad he did make those comments because I tweeted about those comments to which Jack Carty the, the man himself responded and followed me back on Twitter so thank you Jake White thank you uh, Westy do you want to add to that though obviously it's just it's just it's just bad form really isn't it it's just unnecessary first off hi Jack uh, second off he follows uh, me on Twitter doesn't mean he's going to listen to the podcast <laughs> <laughs> look at, let's not get ahead of ourselves here um, yeah, no, like I kind of agree with what Sam said. Um, whether there's a slope on a pitch or not, which there's not, nobody's ever mentioned it before. You have it in a half, and you don't have it in the other half. So what happened to you? You lost both halves. You know? There's a there's there's a raft of cliches leveled at the sports ground that every coach and player uses. Why didn't I just pick one of them? Like yeah, the, like the, there's a lot of there's a lot of things about the sports grounds. Really exposed to the conditions. It's surrounded by a dog track. You know, like there's a lot of negatives you can say, but. I change what I think it being sloped is not one of the things you could say. Um, um, and yeah, look, as you say, I mean, like those comments before the game probably spurred us on. I think it's not even saying that like where, where players go and they can't get a contract anyone else. It was that like he was saying that until someone else picks them up, which like, again, as Sam said, like they frequently move teams in South Africa. Like players move quite a lot between the provinces, like a lot, like compared to us. Now, not loads, but a lot more than in the Irish provinces. And thirdly, Kings and Cheetahs never complained once about the conditions they had to play. So, like, it really just makes him look worse. And, sorry, ter- whatever, how many points I'm on now. The conditions that he played Connacht in were the polar opposite conditions that he played Leinster in. So, what conditions is he after, exactly? Neither like, a, like a balmy, 12-degree, you know, kind of... Basically, you know. unless he's 300 feet above sea level, he's not going to win a fucking game. So. <laughs> yeah. I just like the idea of, like, Marmion, like, lying down at one end of goalposts and rolling the whole way down to the <laughs> other side of the pitch, because that's obviously how big the slope was, you know? It's like, like, like fucking when you were kids. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> he got his ass handed to him, so, uh, you know... Fuck you, Jake White. Um, we, you know, Westy on the walk to the to the sports grounds. We were talking about the conditions and like how we thought they might suit or not suit Connacht, and we sort of agreed that 
we would have thought before this with the weather that it would suit the Bulls more. You know, Connacht are trying to play expansive, even more expansive than last year, which does not lead to wet and windy conditions. But we were wrong. It, it was totally the opposite. Yeah, it was funny because it's the old, and I think was there a John Muldoon quote a few years ago that was like, oh, we haven't liked the wind and rain since, you know, 2012 or something. Um, you know, and they're kind of have been moving away from that style of play, that kind of like forwards up the jumper, you know. You know Andy Friend said earlier in the season they want to move to this kind of relentless, kind of replenishing running game. I think that's highlighted in, um, what was it? I think, Sam, you listened to the 42 parks earlier. Was it 41 minutes of playtime? 41 minutes playtime. Uh, unreal for a professional rugby game like the, but the also, average is like 35 36 scarily scarily low for a game that lasts 80 minutes and sometimes <laughs> two full hours like oh yeah. it's it's depressing when you hear the stats yeah well the lions at africa t-series it was like four minutes probably <laughs> <laughs> it was probably not far off sorry wesley go ahead um but yeah no i think one of the things i loved about it was that even though let's say the conditions didn't really suit that style of play connock still pushed it we still stuck to the game plan that clearly had been laid out for us. Like we kept the ball alive. The offloads were there. Um, like again, shock, well, not shockingly because we were there and we saw it, but like when you think about it afterwards, all of our tries were from box moves, you know, with the exception of maybe um, the first try where Keen Pendergrass picked the mind. I think it was Tierra Halloran got the try. You could say that was off the back of a rolling mall and then we went one or two balls out, but all of the others were from really, in a couple of instances, really great individual back plays and then others really good kind of, Formation back plays and decision making from our, our halfbacks, I thought Myron and McCarthy were unbelievable at the weekend. So I think it's really impressive that we stuck to that game plan and that our backs were able to play rugby in not the worst conditions for backs, but you know, not too far off, not per- definitely not ideal conditions for that style of rugby. Yeah, 100%. Uh, slightly against the wind, I think, Sam, in the first half, Connacht were, and they seemed happy, especially in the first kind of 10, 15 minutes, to kick the ball down and sort of give, give the possession to the Bulls and kind of back to defence. Um, what, what, were you happy when you saw that, or did, did you kind of want them to be a bit more expansive? No, I didn't. I didn't. I think uh, we were behind them in the first half, so we saw the, a couple. We saw Daly and Farrell's try like right in front of us in the second half, but uh, the wind was, it was strong enough where we were, but it was definitely stronger on the pitch because you could see some of the distance and how pegged back both teams were in the first, like in the first half, we were pegged back in the second half, they were pegged back. And I think Friend alluded to it after the match last week, whereby the only problems he had with the game plan last week or the game last week was when they veered away from the game plan. And Westy said it, like I think they stuck to the game plan and that worked for them defensively. They were extremely quick. They were really accurate. They had a higher tackle success rate, higher per, uh, uh, and not far off the same number of tackles as the Bulls, you know, and that's a physical bull side who would be known and lauded for their physicality. People like Finley, uh, Jordan Duggan, Farrell, Daly were all putting in massive hits and really, really quick up off the line. And even if the hit wasn't taking them down, what it was doing was stopping the momentum, stopping them moving. So I was impressed with the game plan, you know, keep it as far down their end as was possible with the wind against us. I don't think Carty was able to get as much purchase on his kicks in the first half as he was in the second half. But what we did was we just played really smart. And there was three, I count anyway, three massive defensive stands in the first half. One at the end of this half, which saw we managed to get the turnover. It was a great tackle by uh, Farrell and then a turnover, a, a jackal by Tiernan. And then two others, one where we drove them back three or four times, you know, 10 yards. And it was up to 20 phases and some really, really good defensive work in that half. And then in the second half, we used the territory, we used the wind and we pegged them back and we didn't let them out. Even when we were pegging them back, it wasn't just offensively. 
they were trying to play it out and they just couldn't get past because we were up so quick and the defensive structure was brilliant and I was really impressed with it. And it was something, you know, maybe not that was missing from last week against Cardiff, but what was missing from Cardiff was just sticking to the game plan. And friends said when people start believing and sticking to the game plan, it would work. And we saw that. And we saw that now against a, a strong Bulls team and it will give them massive confidence going into Dragons next week. So I was happy with the way that they played and they used the elements and that they used the pitch. Uh, there was one moment which two moments really which could have gone a little bit better was Jack Carty threw a really good banana kick in which finished up just about a meter outside the 22 and it would have been a brilliant 50-22 and that would have gotten us on the front foot again and then Porchy sliced one out into touch when he was one-on-one with a chip over the top and you would have liked to have seen that kind of go to ground and see the foot race for it but I think it was it was close to a flawless kind of performance after the the minute between minute two and six yeah, you mentioned Carty already, and we have to sort of address just how like how good of a game he had because he started off. I think he had a, one of his kicks blocked, and then he kicked one out in the full. And I was saying to you, Sam, I was like, "Oh, this is this could be another a Carty performance that we don't want to talk about." But it was absolutely the opposite. He was fantastic. He you know he dictated the game really well. He brought the ball to the line, played the passes, laid like just pulling the strings. Westy, it was a, a, as good a performance as we've seen in a long time from Jack Carty, wasn't it? Yeah, um, and I think, again, I look a little bit biased in this, but I think when Jack Carty makes a mistake, like, let's say, like, mistake, like that banana kick, he tends to kind of get, you know, held with a lot more than other players. Like, because he has, again, it's that name of being inconsistent. Anytime he is inconsistent, as every 10 has the right to have one or two inconsistencies in an 80-minute game, um, he kind of does really get, like, pulled up on it. So I'm really happy to see the majority of the talk is on the positives and how well he ran the game and how well he distributed the game and how good his decision-making was. Frequently took the ball to the line against a really, really physically aggressive side. Um, again, some of people say he gets blown from tackles, but like what I see is him making the tackle. I see him stopping the man. So even if he's not, uh, you know, even if it's a soak tackle as opposed to uh, driving someone back, he's putting men down. He's getting involved. He's not shying away from contact. So I think... Um, a game like that should really add to his confidence. And I think that's, um, I don't want to say it's the perfect start because, you know, we were slightly, you know, we can't forget how, you know, we were a little bit off the pace last week, but it really should help us grow into confidence now. Again, Dragons at home next week, another home game, the fans are back around us. So hopefully, you know, what I want to see now is that, you know, because we have this age old adage again, this stereotype of big performances followed by drop offs. So I think it is essential. And look, I don't know what the team is going to be, but if, if we're keeping a similar team, it's going to be on the likes of Marion and Carty to keep that standard of play together and keep that going forward ball. Um, again, even well, you know, it's on other players as well, I think when they conceded the try, I think it was maybe Tiernan was doing the talking behind the try and saying, lads, let's just reset and let's, you know, like, it's two minutes gone. Let's, you know, we have a whole game to play here. So you need those kind of leaders in the team to step up. And that's what I want to see from Jack. I want to see him doing that on the front foot and leading the team forward. You say, Westy, as well, like, I just, I was so impressed with, Cardi's reaction to it, but you've you said uh, there about the strike moves and the backs kind of playing and getting the scores. And what Cardi did was by playing on the line that way, like he was playing quite like people kind of praise Sexton for doing. He was playing extremely aggressive and extremely up on the line, and it was given Farrell and Daly as much time as they wanted. And like Farrell ran a beautiful line for his try, and Daly was running around. His finishing was brilliant as well. But like when you have a an out half that's going to take it on that well, but has such good hands as Jack Cardi. It, it just opens up the pitch and opened up. There was nothing that that center partnership could do for the Bulls at all. And then defensively, 
like you say, you know, sometimes there's soap tackles, but this season, I don't think they are. This season, I think that there's definitely been a conscious decision to improve his his aggression in the tackle because he's been putting people down, like big men as well, running at him, running at the 10 channel the way they do when he's been stepping up and smashing people. Dropping bodies. Just what Jack Carty's new, new MO is. Um first try came 15 minutes in off a, a huge maul which was fantastic to see from Connacht fans know from last year it wasn't very uh, regular uh, I posted a clip on Instagram and Twitter today whenever Instagram's back up of Papaliti just leading this break off maul and it is petrifying to look at from that angle because you can see his eyes dart back and forth looking for someone to hit basically uh, which is brilliant and then as as kind of Wesley touched on it some nice interplay with the backs um, from uh, Tom Farrell who was just brilliant this entire game and it's so good to see him back and public service announcement he's unofficially the mayor of Offload City um, he's he's there <laughs> Tom Farrell is uh, you know he's you know not permanently I'm just saying at the moment he's there he's going to be cutting ribbons and stuff for you know the opening of pools and whatnot and you know kind of shaking a lot of hands kissing a lot of babies uh, so you know credit to him for that um, yeah we saw Porch's non-try which were absolutely good for him and like if he just had a you know just slipped it back into second gear and not be in third and but like it, what was great to see was as you said kind of Westy as well these these are all nice back moves that were like it was it was it looked like effortless it looked like it was, it was so natural to them to do these sort of things like like Tierney Halloran came off that like in Porchy waited perfectly got it Tom Daly then was right in line to get it back it just looked really you know synchronized uh, and it was fantastic and what impressed me most in that first half when I was watching it and watching it back. Like the Bulls had a few chances in that Connacht 22 in the first half, they, much more than in the second half. But every time they were met by big physical hits, like the likes of Dowling, Delan, you know, Dave Heffernan, who missed a few tackles in the first minute or two, really responded well and physically and was putting in some big hits. I think, Sam, you were kind of saying as well, sometimes it's the eagerness to put in a big hit that sometimes you can step out of the line too quickly and that's what causes gaps. But it's great that the eagerness is there. And right before the half time, as you kind of said, Sam, like that, that would have been such a Connacht time to concede after doing so well in the first half. To go then, instead of going into the half ten seven up, to go in ten thirteen after you know you know sixteen phases the Bulls put on them in the last second, and then Farrell makes that hit, Tierney O'Halloran, who makes a massive turnover. And Sam, you've been saying for the last couple of months, O'Halloran is playing for a contract this year, and performances like that on Friday were absolutely massive, and he was really good. He was. Did the simple things right. He was in the right positions. It's full back. He was an attacking threat, and he's he's winning jackals, you know, in, on his five meter line. Like that's that's what you need. And as you said, he's a leader, and that's that's huge. Like Wesley, do you agree? Like that moment right before half time. Like that's not a that's a conic time to concede, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And again, I don't want to. I'm, I'm touching everything wooden in the room when I say this. Like I'm not saying it's gone forever, but it was a really positive sign, you know. Especially that, like, you know. In, in that context and in other situations, they were rolling malls that like last season were were rid off fries. Like it was like, oh, we've already conceded. Like I might as well just let them in now. Um, so it was so encouraging, especially on the break of halftime. Because I think that is really like that mindset at halftime. Like we'll talk about the Munster game later on, but look at how a mindset can change when you score just before the half. Now it doesn't always happen that way, but had we conceded, uh, you know, a kind of, let's say a, a kind of, um, a brute force try, a kind of forwards try, a kind of bullied over try at that hour of the game. You know, we might get into the second half very differently. And I think that one of the things that won us the game was that we started the second half with such pace and intent. We were in twice before six minutes were gone. Um, so again, I think like that moment of holding someone out over the try line just before halftime is 
like immeasurable in value in games like that yeah 100% yeah second half 48 minute mark the Mac Henson show kind of began uh, Westy he really showed you oh Westy he really showed you Oh, if anyone didn't nope. hear last week, Westy just slayed at Mac Hansen. I, I didn't. That's not at all. Mac like Hans- sorry, Mac Hansen. I'm calling him Mac Hansen for some reason. Uh, Westy, do you want to apologize or how do you want to do this? No, I want to. What I said on the last podcast was that I'm going to hold off on judgment because I thought it was quiet in the first half and then got a yellow card. Um, and I'm really glad I held off judgment because what a performance from him. I thought he was fantastic. He was a lot more eager to get involved in the game uh, and it paid off. So I'm, I'm pretty happy. I think I was right. Egg on your face, Westy. Egg on your face. No, uh, what But yeah, Sam, like for his only second game in Connacht colours, what a what a performance from Mac. Yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, it was a huge call by friend and whoever else was deciding the team to put him back in after that yellow because your heads can go. You know, like that's your your debut. You've you've been overzealous. You've done something silly. And you've gotten a yellow card. It's not cost you the game, but it's also it's a big contributing factor to the capitulation towards the end. And you know to put him straight back in and to give him the faith and to show the faith in him and say like this is why we brought you over from Australia. This is why you know we went after you, even though probably a back three player wasn't necessarily at the top of our priority list at the time. We made sure to get you because you're Irish qualified and we wanted you here. And he paid it off because it wasn't just the try, which was probably going to, it will be considered one of the tries of the season at the end of the season. It will go down in folklore and Connacht as it like, you know, Mac Henson took the ball out of the sky and ran past their entire team five times before scoring a try on his debut, on his home debut, wearing a white scrum cap in the rain, like those sort of things, th- those will go down in history. You know, that scrum cap, there'll be a statue of it outside the sports ground one day. Uh, I'm, I'm, just a scrum cap with a mustache it'll be it'll be epic but no his overall game every time he got the ball before that moment and after that moment everyone there was like ooh of anticipation before because he was breaking ankles he was he was not taken down by the first tackler first up anytime he got the ball he was making steps he was making yards he was cutting inside he was brilliant and defensively he was very good uh, he took a high ball in the first half they had like 20 odd phases and they weren't getting anywhere so they decided to put a bomb up into the 22 try and test it he took the high ball and called the mark I don't know if he actually called it or everyone else called it and the ref let him accept it because but it was you know it was a really really all round game topped off with a little cherry on top by that brilliant score so you know I can't wait to see more of him he's so young he's Irish qualified he doesn't he made out on Instagram before the game like he didn't want to be there with the rain and then and then he then he showed up and he was just like you know fuck you rain <laughs> he, he yeah if anyone didn't see he posted Instagram like literally like an hour and a half before the game being like what did he caption it forget that oh yeah forget that or not today or something like that it was just the rain and we were like this guy's starting at wing like we kind of want a bit more enthusiasm but look it worked uh early early contender for the nunsies try of the year for sure could be uh, going to be hard to beat as well, which I'm sure is on yeah. his mind going into but there the rest has of the to, season. There has to be also like the the nunsies. There there has to be like the nunsies, like non try of the year, like the nun try of the year, and Portuguese in contention poor, for that poor, as well. Portuguese had two candidates. If he had kept that ball on the pitch in the second half as well, he would have been over. But um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully he will uh, get his own try of the year. Um, we talk before about- we move on. Sorry, uh, before we move on, like it was Mac Henson was getting the ball. And he was coming. He was coming in so well, but. One of the reasons I think he was being brought into the game so well was because Farrell and Daly were just unbelievable in the centre. And I know we'll get on to the Ulster game, but the more I watch, I've watched the highlights and the game back itself. And the more I watch Daly, the more sickened I am that he didn't get that Irish cap. Because I think him and Hume 
at 12 and 13 would just be phenomenal for Ireland. Like they, they both have the ability to play at both 12 and 13. They both have physicality. They both have a step. They both have really good passing range. And it was, it was such an all round performance by him. And I think, you know, Mac Henson got the, or Mac Hansen got the Man of the Match award. There were so many candidates. Like Carty was up there, Beelham was up there, Duggan was up there, and Daly, I think, was actually secretly kind of robbed. I think Daly was sensational across the board and the two tries as well. And no one even thinks about them because of Mac Hansen's try. Yeah, Tom Farrell. He hadn't well, he hadn't so. gotten the second try when Man of the Match was awarded. Yeah, yeah. true, true. Yeah, why and also I just that? want to say, so we do a Sam and jump in here and be like, uh, backs ain't shit without clean forward forwards ball. So hundred you know. percent. Just want to say, like, shout out to my pack. Oh, yeah. Sam, do you want to issue an apology now as well for the, you know, disrespect to forwards? No, I'm just, I can, if Westy wants to give me that jumping off point, I'll talk about how good the forwards were. They were <laughs> uh, scrummaging wise, like, you'd think they would have been. Oh, here he goes, Westy. Here he goes. There he goes. Well done, Westy. Look what you did. Look what you did, Westy. Put a pop to the loo. Uh, I'll go back. No, scrummaging wise, they were brilliant. Line out wise, I think there was one or two sloppy ones, but defensively they were very, very good. Malls, they were very, very good. And then, you know, when you're already holding your own with it, like a young Jordan Duggan in the front row, and then like Burke comes on, he's very good. Uh, Beelham had a, a brilliant game. When you're already holding your own in the scrums, and then you bring on Levin Fafita, who is the biggest man I've ever seen. Like, I thought Big Papa was big, but Big Papa is normal Papa now. Like, he's. Yeah, well, he's definitely not normal, Papa. The man's fucking. Say to his face, Sam. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna say, yeah. And do we have. Yeah, but it's come a long way. Like the fact that, like the fact that we defended a mall from South Africans is, in and of itself, is a massive achievement. On several occasions. Well, yeah. yeah, the bar the bar was so low from last year. <laughs> it wasn't hard to be much better, but uh, you know it says a lot to like this. You know to bring on the likes of you know Leva Fafida, Paul Boyle came on. Um, as you said, Burke Connor came Oliver. on. Connor, like these are Sammy good. Arnold came on. Sammy, yeah, like we've good, it's good squad depth there, which is great to see. And like uh, EK Rugby Analysis on Twitter, who is a, a Connacht fan now for the at least for a few weeks, uh, you know, was kind of showing some analysis of how like how strong Lee Fafita was in in the scrums that he participated. In. Like he doesn't move, and to, like that's what he was brought in for. And to see him then do what he was being brought in to do is great. And like again, we've only seen we've only seen. 15 minutes of him or 20 minutes of him max so you know it, it, it it's a lot of god this has been like the most positive podcast we've ever done it's, it's ridiculous we're gonna have to, we have to bring some negativity in here soon no we gotta milk it man we gotta milk it you got, yeah exactly for the inevitable collapse against the dragons this weekend uh but you know it is it's it is great to see that and it will only <laughs> collapses against the dragons no <laughs> yeah yeah we'll definitely we'll bring that up in a second but we, we yeah we have to bring up we have, so we have to talk before we finish on connacht you know wesley's touched on it already Wesley, this this performance this weekend it is so important for the rest of the season. You know we already know that Connacht a lot of their games in the first half of the season are at home. So, you know going away for a lot of the second half of the season, like games against this Dragons team, which like Connacht are a better team than Dragons. Going out and and winning and getting a, a, you know even just a win, it's so important for the rest of the season, isn't it? Yeah, I think like that's it exactly. It, it really is about not getting ahead of ourselves. Like I'm I'm not expecting a, a five try. 28 point margin, you know, gap victory over the Dragons next week. I'm expecting hopefully some of the same kind of expansive rugby that we saw and a, a composed performance from Connacht. I think that's the main thing that we have to show now is that, like, it's not either, you know, 20 minutes of complete capitulation against the against Blues where we lose or storming in five fires against the Bulls. I think the markings of a good team and, like, 
we can go on and talk about it later on, but like Leinster won at the end of the day. Like, you know, we said it before, we said a lot last year about winning ugly, like good teams grind out these victories, even on days where they're playing awful, awful rugby. Again, obviously, I'd love to see the expansive rugby continue and, and the, the positive play continue, but I think the most important thing is to go out next week and, and get another victory on our belt and put ourselves into a good position. Because let's not forget that after that, we've got two really difficult interpros to play. So we need to kind of get a bit of momentum, a bit of steam behind us because the other two guys already have that head of steam built up. Yeah. No, you, yeah, we'll, we'll move on to the rest. We'll go through the rest of the provinces quickly. We'll start with Leinster. Sam, what was worse, Leinster's performance or that awful jersey? That's tough. Like, it is, the, the isn't it? Very bad, but 30 turnovers, like, and a lot of them unforced errors. Like, it was it was so disjointed. I texted into our WhatsApp group. I was unimpressed by the Leinster team. And usually, you know, the Leinster team is their third team, and I'm still kind of worried about how strong they are. But I was actually, I, was, I wasn't overly blown away by it for the first time in years. And I, I think it was vindicated because I, I just didn't think they showed up at all. I thought they were massively disjointed. Uh, I don't think they, I think there was some silly stuff being tried. I think there was a, an arrogance that just, it, they couldn't shake. They thought that they were going to win. And uh, I, I think they, they did in the end get lucky to win because of a ridiculous decision by the Dragons to kick ahead when they, they had an opportunity to maybe try and eke out some sort of penalty kick into the corner or kick over the posts uh, after, in the last minute. It was, it was not an enjoyable game to watch them. I'm, I'm regretted that i spent some of my afternoon watching it and uh but that that's that's the price you pay for being a host on or a, a guest on master of none you you have you have to watch all the games you know it's that you have to take the bad with the good so yeah uh, well with, with saying that i didn't watch it live but i saw the score and then i i assumed that the conditions were just terrible or something like you know remember this remember lens only scored like six points or, or three points I can't, I can't remember what it was a couple of years ago but it was like Literally, like a tornado was coming through the pitch. As I assumed the same was happening at Rodney Parade, and it wasn't. It's just, it's just like, is this Lenser's one bad performance this year? Is it, have we already seen it, Westy? Yeah, well, I mean, you would think maybe, yeah. And again, lucky, maybe it's better for them to get it out of the way in, in the early rounds because they can they can build a change. It just seemed like again, and you know, we talked earlier about kind of being disrespectful of the opposition. I thought media in general building up the Irish media is quite dismissive of Dragons I even thought the commentators I watched on RTE and I think at one point the Dragons were taking a were, had, took a penalty with whatever it was a 20 minutes or half an hour to go and they were like oh yeah sure they get losing bonus points that's good for them it was like lads there's 20 minutes to go and every time you're inside the 22 you get that's getting turned over like we have to start being realistic here about who you, you know had Dragons played any little bit better they would have won that game you know they were defensively they were so good they just couldn't really seem to get their attack into a had moments of brilliance in attack, but just couldn't seem to get a rhythm into what they were doing once they were inside a Leinster half. Um, so yeah, like it is a bit of a blip for Leinster. I, I think look, it's not like you have to look at who they are and the players they have. Like you can't at this point get too worried about it. You really have to kind of, you know, I know we'd all love to see a fall from grace, but like they are still probably the best team in the competition. Um, also, sorry, going back to commentary disrespect, right? There was a comment made. I almost te- I didn't text both of you, but I wanted to. Um, they said, like, oh, like, Leinster had a great victory against the Bulls last week, but should Bulls lost to Connacht on Friday, so maybe they're not that good. It's kind of like, oh. Oh, no way. Okay, thanks for that. Was, thanks it, for that was Jake White in commentary, was he? Yeah, I thought, I thought it was for a second. <laughs> Doing his best Irish accent. Maybe. <laughs> Life feed um, in here from Jake White. Yo, fuck Connacht. <laughs> no, but look, look, we know how good Leinster are. We know, like, the calibre that they have, I think. Yeah, it's a blip early on the season. I think they'll recover, I think. 
I wouldn't want to play them next week. I think it's going to be an awful backlash. Yeah, exactly. And like as you said, Wesley, they still won. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's not the end they, of the world. It could have. They played could, awful rugby and they won. We can't do that. It, it could end up being quite a punishing game, though, in the long term for Ross Byrne because his, his place is already constantly questioned in that Leinster team like he's he's not considered the best of the Byrne brothers and there's also like Frawley and uh, or Frawley and Sexton is obviously there starting 10 in the big games so he didn't have a good game he didn't bring people into it himself and Gibson Park weren't on the same page and I uh, I wasn't impressed and I don't think that it's good it's going to be good for him in the long run if he has if he continues to have games like that because realistically with the hype around Harry Byrne and the kind of push to try and get him into the Ireland team the Dragons games the the lesser games are going to start becoming the games that he gets, not so much the top top tier URC games, but it'll be a fight between him and Harry Byrne for those top tier URC games. And unless he's dominating, unless he uses that and and builds on it and gets in it, it could end up being a a slippery slope for him. But again, going back to looking, I'm really piling on the RT commentary at this stage, but it was a point where um, the, the commentator um, was like, oh, the, the step down from Ross Byrne from Johnny Sexton is just ridiculous at this point. Like, and Sexton's going to retire and blah blah. And the fairest thing was Lynn Cantwell was the assistant commentator said like, yeah, but like he's not getting clean ball from the forwards. He's not getting clean ball from Gibson Park. Like, there there is this tendency to to dog pile on Ross Byrne when like things go wrong. But like the Leinster forwards could not protect their own ball. Like I lost count of how many times Dragons turned them over in the twenty two. So while, while I agree that maybe like, it, it, you know, Ross Byrne it probably isn't the prospect that some people thought he was, like there is this tendency to blame everything on him and rush Sexton back in because God forbid anybody think that Sexton would be that bad in the game either, you know? like He's an easy scapegoat at this stage, he is. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Uh, and I do, I do agree with you completely. I think Ross Byrne's a great player. I just think that there's so much hype around Harry Byrne and it's just constant comparison. And then, you know, there, there is the thing where you have to be the second choice 10 behind Sexton so I think that it just could end up backfiring on him because they, they will have wanted and they'll use these as their examples of what players will do under pressure um, and it could end up being quite detrimental for him I think Ross would really benefit from a change of scenery Not um, whether that's another province or not I have no idea but I guarantee you if he went to somewhere else uh, he'd flourish because I think he is good Like he, against Exeter last year he was brilliant you remember in, yeah. the, in the Champions Cup like he was f- fantastic but again when you're when you're Leinster ten, you're just going to be in the shadow of Sexton until he eventually retires. When and who the hell knows when that will be? But uh, we we've, we've we've chatted about Leinster too long. Um, we'll move on to Ulster. Uh, they won at the weekend as well, thirty six three away to uh, Zebra. Uh, Ulster again, you know, starting the season well. The only issue with Ulster is they're getting quite a long injury list now at this stage. And I, I, I who are they playing next weekend? I, I can't even think on top of my head, but I'll find out. But you keep Benetton. Benetton. Okay, well then maybe not so bad. But um, Benetton know. are two from two, man. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't go dismissing them. They've had two very good hard. Am I an RTE commentator? I apologize. I didn't mean to be yeah. so disrespectful. So dismissive. Sorry, apologies. Uh, sorry, Rainbow Cup champions. Also true. Let's yeah. not forget. Uh, we will forget because Westy. After we lost the second time, we said it was a ridiculous competition. Remember? <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry, I forgot. <laughs> I thought we got really. I forgot that we got really hyped about it. Then. Yeah, after week two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it changes. It changes weekly. Um, Westy, you know, Ulster. Again, like watching this game, the the back line is just so, it's so good, and it's like, but, but like with the with the injury list coming up, are, are we worried for Ulster going the next few weeks, or are, do do we think they still have enough even with that injury list? Um, I think Ulster are in a similar position to us in terms of squad depth, where like they do have really good players in a lot of positions, but they don't tend to get the 
as much exposure as you'd like them to have kind of going forward. I did think Doak was very good at the weekend at scrum half, which is great because as far as I know, he's not that experienced at senior level. Um, I think Benetton's a really tough game. I mean, they've beaten beat Stormers in their first game, beat Edinburgh last week. Those aren't easy teams to play. Um, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's a home game for Ulster. So hopefully back in the Kingspan, that'll help them kind of help whatever team they cobble together, galvanize a little bit. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think it's, it's panic buttons yet, but I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they will need like a good performance against Ben. And I really don't think, I'm not just been my normal, like, oh, don't just miss them. But like, I think they are playing good rugby and they will have confidence coming to the Kingspan. So, um, yeah, I think also will need a, a good performance. I think this Cooney being out obviously is not ideal, but it's a small, it, it's a fantastic opportunity to give Doak as much game time now as he wants. Obviously, once he stays healthy, but you know, they're very high in him in Ulster and giving him like senior reps against decent opposition uh, in the URC is only going to accelerate his development. So, you know, you know, he could turn out to be much better than Cooney, and these games could be the you know the changing of the guard kind of thing. So, obviously, not ideal to have Cooney out for that long time, but. You know, Doak is more showing more than capable enough. Uh, Sam, what did you think of Ulster? Yeah, I thought the scoreline made it look very good. I don't think they were brilliant. I thought, uh, I thought they'd probably be not overly satisfied with their own performance, even though they did manage to put thirty six on. Because I think that they're capable a lot more. Like you said, that back line is excellent. I think Addison, he, he kind of he, he tried, but he didn't get into it as much as he should have. But I thought Hume was very good. Uh, McElroy finished twice and Doak I thought was good uh, and then you know in the forwards Timoney like happy days having a player like that while you're waiting for a player like uh, Vermeulen to come in because uh, he's just he can score tries he's a fantastic athlete so I think there's plenty more to come from Ulster uh, on the whole you know Zebra weren't really up to much and Ulster weren't tested hugely but a bit disjointed probably see better from them when they get a few players back best thing about it really was the jersey because it's the nicest jersey in the league this year I think yeah it's a sweet jersey Zebras as well their ill-discipline was really cost them you know towards especially towards the end and they just got exhausted from playing with so you know a man down for a lot of time so uh, not great stuff from Zebra but you never know going forward Uh, Munster will wrap up uh, with Munster a strange game um, you know nearly nearly going into halftime 50-0 down I don't think anyone saw that coming Um. I was chatting over to El Prop before the game, and he was like, he was confident going into this game that they would put on a good performance. And uh, I know what the scoreline looks like they did, but Westy, you started touching on it already. You know, Munster are one of those teams definitely that can grind out results when it's not there in the day. Uh, and we kind of saw that you saw that at the weekend as well. And you mentioned already that score before half time was just it was kind of classic Munster kind of digging it out, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. And look, you know, I think me and Sam were talking about this yesterday. Like Munster kind of, you know, committee and fans probably won't be too happy with how they won that game, you know, reverting back to a very forward-heavy kind of roll and mall uh, game plan. Uh, I thought maybe they were trying to be a little bit more expansive in the first half and it wasn't really working for them. It seemed to kind of maybe play into the Stormers' favour a little bit. Um, they did score some beautiful, you know, tries with their backs, Stormers did, in the first half. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a really hard one to put your finger on because... Look at again, a win is a win, right? Like you kind of, and one of the great things I would say is it shows a level of adaption during time and say, we're changing the point of attack. This is what we're going to do. And they implemented it very well. Um, 
So I think, again, second game of the season, same way we were a little bit hesitant with Connacht last week, where you're like, okay, maybe it is the first game of the season. It's a little bit different. We're going to have to like give ourselves time. It's the same at Munster. You have to give them time to, to get that game plan together. And the fact that they're able to revert to a game plan that will win them games, will give them a bonus point victory. Um, I mean, did they keep Stormers scoreless in the second half? I can't remember exactly, but... No, like, three, penalty, three points, three points. Yeah. So to, 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 to turn a game that much, no matter how you do it, like I, if Connacht did that, I wouldn't care how ugly it was. I'd just be delighted that we got the win. So um, I think that there's a lot to be seen from where Munster will go from now. Carberry to me seems a little, I'm just saying that Carberry still seems a little bit rusty. Um, I want to see him keep getting games. I want to see him grow because he penalties from anywhere on the pitch. Like it's, you know, he named them from, he named them from, you know, the Radisson outside Limerick City if he needed to. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Sam, I know sometimes Munster can be annoying and their fans can be annoying, especially over the hill prop. Uh, he's the worst. Uh, but uh, yeah, it did. It, I am over the hill prop. Sorry, I forgot dude, that you are him. Uh, no, it, it did. I won't lie. It gave me great joy seeing Snyman getting over the line for the try and all the Munster kind of players hopping on him because he's had it. It's been a rough year and a bit for Orgy, hasn't it? Yeah, it, it's hard when. Munster have likable players like Snyman and Zebo because you do want to see them do well and you love to see him score and you love to see the adulation he got from his his fans and his his uh his teammates but it was it was a tough one to see because like you you don't want Munster to win in the end of the days really especially this year actually I was only saying to Westy yesterday it was like with the new format of the league you can't even pretend like you want the other provinces to win anymore it is direct competition so you have to just I'm just going to out myself now and say I fucking hate the three of them they can go fuck up <laughs> but uh, no I we're playing I for the the Tato Shield <laughs> at the end of the day like you know what I mean? <laughs> that's yeah. what they're calling it Cullen Shield or something yeah they'll do something naff like that but uh, no I love I think Snyman's brilliant uh, and it's so good to see him back it's such a shame i really hope he does sign a new deal because it's such a shame that one year of his two-year deal is going to have been wasted through that injury and seeing him and seeing just how happy he was when he scored and the manner in which he scored it was it was comical it was like watching an, an adult play against children he was holding the ball in one hand doing spin moves and doing whatever and just like reaching like michael jordan at the end of space jam to like slam dunk it down so yeah it was it was brilliant for him and i thought like Westy said, like Munster were very good at being Munster when they changed the tact and changed the the way in which they played from trying something in the first half to just forward heavy and beating it up and like just dominating the game, dominating possession and kind of forcing that sort of way of playing. Not sure if the fans, the Munster fans are going to love that because I know that that's something they want to get away from. But realistically, if I was a fan of a team that was winning 34-18 at home against the Stormers and, you know, is is in consideration for one of the top two teams in the, the league and, you know, was in a final last year and very close to pushing on to win in silverware at some point, you know, why would you aim for a massive overhaul in the game plan and the structure if you've got players like Klein, Snyman, Donahue, like they, they have some seriously talented forwards, why not use them and then allow, you know, the likes of Azebo or an Earls uh, or, you know, Carberry or Healy um, to kind of let loose later on, uh, I don't. I don't know if they should be looking to change it as much as they seem to be, uh, because it does seem to work when they do. They go for that forward heavy game. Might not work in a European Cup semi final against a big English team or a French team, but that's a bridge you have to cross when you get to it, as opposed to crossing it in the first week of the URC. Um, and on Wesley's point about Carberry, yeah, he just looks a bit kind of devoid of confidence more than anything. A, a, a year or two out so early in your career will definitely do that to you 
but I think having Healy there and having Healy on form will only push him to compete because he does. He seems like a competitor. He moved on to Munster because he wanted that game time. He wanted to prove himself. So, you know, it's probably more beneficial for Munster to have the two of them fighting it out for that 10 spot than having the guaranteed starter the way the Leinster do in Sexton. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, yeah, we'll wrap it up there, boys. We've covered all the kind of the four provinces. Um, myself and Westy will be at the Connacht game this weekend. Sam, you're unavailable, unfortunately. I'll, I'll try. I'm, I'm still working it out, but I, it's, it's going to be difficult. If anyone wants to mind a baby between five and seven on Saturday, uh, she's not lovely. not not just any baby, your baby. baby. Yeah, yeah. You don't say anyone mind a baby when it's your own daughter. <laughs> Parenting 101 there, Sam. Come on. You're better than that. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll either, hopefully all three of us will be there. But if not, me and Wesley will be there. Uh, so as before, if you see us and you want to say hi, by all means. If you want to get your hands all up in Wesley's hair, again, I give you permission to do that. Uh, even if Wesley does it himself. Uh, but we'll wrap it up there, boys. Appreciate it as always. And we'll be back next week uh, to discuss Dragons games. Cheers, boys. Bye. Cheers, Bye.